Welcome to Fraud Busting. I'm Tracy Brown, the Fraud Busting Body Language Expert. I've spent the last 20 years reading people, uncovering secrets hidden in plain sight to find the truth in crimes, politics, and billion dollar business deals. It's time to dive in so you can beat the fraudsters at their own game and build your bottom line. Chris Parker from whatismyipaddress.com and the Easy Prey podcast visits fraud busting. Victims of fraud reach out to him frequently to help locate people who have scammed them. You'll be intrigued at these stories and he'll give us tips on what scams are hot right now and how to avoid being a victim yourself when he reveals the secret in deciding if you've got a scam on your hands or not. Enjoy. Chris, thank you so much for coming on to Fraud Busting. It's an honor to have you. Thank you so much for having me on. Oh, yeah. So you're a fascinating guy. And I think um, you know a lot about web uh, security and the what goes on behind the scenes. And so as such, the things that I've been able to find out about you online are limited because you are super secret. So tell, why don't you tell everybody what you do and, and then we'll, we'll go from there. Sounds good. So I run this little tech website called whatismyipaddress.com. I've been uh, running it for just over 20 years now. Oh, and it uh, draws, I think, uh, this month. Uh, it's uh, September. We're looking at about 7 million people coming to the site. Oh, my gosh. So it's a, it's a pretty big audience that's taken a long time to build, and it's, it's been a really fun ride. Um, originally, it started out with just really technical IP address stuff, and mm -hmm. if you weren't a network engineer, it really wasn't that helpful of a site, and it's gotten a lot more user-friendly over the years. Um, and uh, probably about 10 years ago, I started to get uh, contacted by people who were like the victims of uh, online romance scams and other types of fraud that were all online. And so I started building up a lot of content about how to identify scams and trying to help people. Unfortunately, uh, after the fact, it's been quite difficult to help people. So the idea was to help people, educate people, create awareness of scams on the front end, and mm -hmm. hopefully people will become less likely to be a victim. Oh, wow. Okay. So, uh, what, so what all kind of scams are you working with? You said romance scams, but what else is out there that seems to be coming across your desk frequently? So I, I think the two things that I'm seeing like right now, and one of these is personally, I'm starting to see a lot of uh, SMS scams. So you're text getting a message, getting a text message and it claims to be from FedEx or the U S postal service. And whoever, this, whoever is running this scam has, um, it appears that they've gotten a hold of some database that ties names to telephone numbers because the, the text messages specifically mention my name in them. Uh -huh. So it creates that sen that sense of authenticity because mm -hmm. if it's just a random text message, how would they know my name? But, if they've got one of those databases, they, they know who my, they know my name. And I've also mm -hmm. seen them using uh, a username that I've used a couple of places. So they've obviously linked a couple of data sources together to make it seem more trustworthy. And then it's, hey, this is the US Postal Service, FedEx, or whatever. We, we attempted to deliver a package to you and no one was there to sign for it. We'd like to get it out to you. So go ahead and click on this link. Mm -hmm. And I, I never click on the link, but it's definitely not, it's not USPS.gov, it's not FedEx.com, it's not UPS.com, it's 
xyz52.info slash gobbledygook. And so that's, you know, that's a huge red flag right there. Mm -hmm. And the assumption is either that they're trying to get uh, credentials, they're trying to send you to a malware site to infect your phone to, you know, to scam you from there. So I've definitely seen that. And because we have a couple of hurricanes going on, there's likely to be uh, natural disaster scams where people are calling saying, hey, we're this charity working to help with the recovery. Can you send us money? So those are probably the two really big things that are, that will be happening like right now. Wow. And so, so what, what, what have you, cause you've kind of appointed yourself as a, as a advocate. So, um, uh, is it mostly your blog? I know you have a podcast, the easy prey podcast, which is fantastic. You have some pretty, um, deep thinkers on there. I think, (laughs) uh, as far as, uh, how scams are created in all different kinds of ways. So, yeah. so what else are you doing to help people out? So I, I, primarily it is the, po- the podcast has kind of come out of my experience of running the website mm-hmm. and uh, having that built-in audience of like, how can I reach out to these people? How can I help create awareness? How can I help people from becoming victims? And because a little bit of the notoriety of the website, I've been able to get some some great guests on the show like yourself Oh, and, well, yes, we did that, that yes. was a couple of weeks ago. It was fun. Yeah. And so it was really helped me to connect with people that I probably would never have communi- connected with. And I've been able to talk to uh, uh, a world famous expert in narcissism to figure out how to protect yourself from people with narcissistic personalities. Uh-huh. So it's been this really neat. So it's not just scams, but it's a lot wider than that. Oh, wow. It's, now, it's been a blast. What's the number one thing you've learned off your podcast? Like, like the surprising info that like a guest had that you you like you didn't see it coming. Uh, I mean, I think there was, I I talked with a woman who was, who is a professor and she teaches about the psychology of scams. Okay. And so that's been really neat. And the, the one piece behind that, that I hadn't like seen on my own and hadn't put together, um, is is that there's this there's a similarity to the fraud triangle. So with the fraud triangle, you've got the opportunity, the pressure, and the rationalization, yep. uh, and there's a similar triangle in scams, particularly online scams. And there's one element that I hadn't necessarily thought of before. So there's the emotional hook, you know, that's fear, greed, curiosity, compassion, something like that that puts us in a triggered state. Uh, there's the urgency of like, hey, mm-hmm. you've got to do this now, which moves us to action, and kind of that missing piece that I hadn't kind of thought of of my own is authority that we have this innate human you know we're we're designed to trust authority Mm -hmm. so if that person comes across as any level of an authority figure there's almost this built-in trust and that could just be well they work from the power company they they're a police officer they're in the military Mm -hmm. and not just hey we're the we're the government and we have authority but it just even like kind of personal authority type of places. And that builds that trust, which makes us more likely to fall for the scam. Oh yeah, well, you know, uh, I'm a hypnotist and um, that is called a prestige suggestion. So we're just more likely to do something from someone that we think has, like you said, some authority there. So, okay, let's jump into the the really interesting stuff. So what's the craziest fraud story that you've, come across or someone has come to you for help with? Okay. So uh, a couple of years ago, uh, a woman from Thailand reached out to me and uh, 
I'll kind of go through the story chronologically as opposed to <laughs> backwards of me unraveling it. Okay, okay. Um, but so she had she was online on Facebook like like the rest of us, and at some point along the line, she had met a she'd been introduced or met a U.S. military serviceman. And he introduced her to a couple of his other friends in the military, another man and a, and a woman, and they were all currently deployed in Syria. And she goes on and builds this relationship and kind of gets to know them over the course of six or seven months, a fairly long, a long time frame. And so it doesn't seem, uh, doesn't seem unusual. Uh -huh. And at one point they say, hey, you know, we're, we're so excited. We get to go on leave and we're going to go to, uh, we're going to go to England for our leave. And uh, we love to play the lottery, but because we're military servicemen, we're not allowed to uh, participate or win lotteries while we're on active duty. So is that gonna, true? Uh, probably not, but it sounds okay. reasonable. But it sounds plausible. And they come up with a reason of like, well, because they don't want I don't know, foreign interference or influence. I'm sure there's some there's some rationale to convince someone of why that's the case. Okay, we, we don't okay. want U.S. servicemen to be you know corrupted by money and and leave. I don't know. Right. Right. But, you know, there was some plausible reason of why that's the case. And so, hey, can we use your name as the person who's playing the lottery? Uh -huh. And like, sure, why not? You go ahead and use my name. And lo and behold, they, they come back to her and guess, guess what? The ticket that we used with your name, we won the UK lotto. Uh-huh. And it's, you know, it's like a, a $10 million prize. Uh-huh. Um, but because we did it in your name, you need to do all the paperwork in order to get the money so, so that we can all share it. And we'll, we'll give you a piece of it because we're all friends. And so we'll, we'll put you in touch with the bank and the, they'll, they'll tell us how to do all this. And so a representative of the bank reaches out to her and says, hey, oh, you're in Thailand. We, we have these extra rules that you have to go through. And there's some documentation fees that we, we need from you. So she pays the documentation fees and bank comes back. Oh, here's this one more fee. She pays that fee, and these fees just keep getting bigger and bigger. And then uh -huh. there's, well, there's this, this is transfer fee. We, you know, it's a $10 million, but it's just, you know, you could pay it now. We'll just immediately refund it back to you when you get the money. And so she ends up uh, uh, mortgage, getting a second mortgage on her house <gasps> and dumps all of her entire life savings because, hey, she's going to get this $10 million, and she's uh -huh. going to get the fees back right away. Uh-huh. And so she does that and the bank disappears and her friends disappear. And so she's reaching out to me saying, I'm worried for my friends. They suddenly disappeared. Um, I, can, can you help me try to find them? I, I, I think I might've been scammed, but I'm worried about my friends that they might've been killed in Syria or arrested for, for, for this lotto thing. Oh my goodness. And I was just like, no, ma'am. They scammed you. It was it was a total scam. Uh huh. And you could you know she she started sending me screenshots of the conversations that she was having with these people, and it was just you see this very very slow grooming of the relationship. Uh huh. And it's interesting because in most cases these things usually progress really really fast, you know days or weeks at most before someone. Hey, you know, my kid's sick. Can you give me some money? But this, mm -hmm. they, they worked on her for like six months before they ever asked her for any money. And so again, it had, you know, if you look at the, what we were talking about before, she, they had built the trust. They had the authority, the urgency, the emotion, all that was built into the scam. And they, she ended up 
I was going back and looking at looking at my conversation with her. She ended up losing her home and being kicked out, and she basically totally destitute and lost everything. And, and again, she was like, "Can you help make sure these people are okay?" Uh-huh. And that was what she was more concerned about than the money. So I was like, "Oh my gosh, it feels so bad that she's out of house and home and money, and she's just all by herself." Wow, and she just didn't, still didn't get it. She's I, I, like, you know, she's saying that she understood that she was scammed, but she kept coming back to, well, I, I just want to make sure my friends are okay. Uh-huh, so, uh-huh. so to me, it's like, I don't think she really, she really understood that, like, this whole thing was a scam. I think she kind of thinks that the lotto thing was a scam or maybe the bank scammed her, but uh-huh. it wasn't her friends. Wow. Now, is there even a lotto in England? I have no idea. I've never heard of a lotto over there. I mean, I never looked into a lotto over there either. So, wow. But, 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 but like, you know, you see the things, you know, Bill Gates is giving away a million dollars to some random email address. Uh-huh. Like, you, you think that would be on the news at some point? But, you know, if you're in a different country, you wouldn't know what does or doesn't exist in some other country. Right, right. Oh, my gosh. Okay. So what do people need to know? Like, what can we take from this? Because me and you, we sit here and we're like, oh, my God, seriously? Like, how long does this have to go before you get it? But what's the mindset? What and 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 what can people do to, like, check themselves almost? I, I think it's, it's, it's part of it is be, having that awareness of that scam triangle to, mm-hmm. to notice when you're being emotionally triggered to to notice when someone's hey you got to do this right now mm-hmm. and, and kind of seeing those things if we you know take a step back and pause and look at things objectively i think it's easier to see that these things are happening mm-hmm. but i think if you're looking for like tips like never send money to anyone you haven't met in person like if someone says hey my, my kid needs help oh gosh you know if it's a friend of a friend and you really, you know, and you know that friend in person, sure. Mm-hmm. But like, oh, just never, never send money to people you've never met in person. It's Well, yeah. And you know what else huge. that I'm hearing from other experts that I'm interviewing is, is uh, if they won't FaceTime with you, mm-hmm. then that's a huge one right there. Well, and, and, so and, th- and that's even getting more complicated. Um, I was uh, talking with Jeffrey Hazlett uh, oh, a yeah, while back. Oh, yeah, good guy. And a great guy, and his likeness has been used in a bunch of scams. Mm-hmm. He's got that, you know, you know, uh, late fifties, early sixties, silver in the hair, good looking oh, guy. Oh, he's a good looking guy. I'll tell you that. <laughs> and, and so they, you know, and he's just this, you know, he's a friendly looking, you know, authoritative looking guy. Mm-hmm. And he's done a lot of videos over the years for television appearances and whatnot. And what he found is that the scammers were taking his video. Um, making it look choppy and starting to cut out the audio. So you can't match the audio with what, you know, so the, so the audio doesn't quite match the video. And so they, they play, they'll get on a video chat with someone and play this bad, bad video. And then the person will stop the video and say, oh gosh, you know, I'm in the airport right now. And just the, the Wi-Fi here sucks. And so you've now created this reason why the proof of life, the video, the interaction, right. Even that you can't necessarily trust. And then you've got deep fakes and all that kind of stuff. But Oh, yeah, man, that, that deep fake video, I got to tell you, because, you know, I'm a body language expert, and I have, I have looked at some of that, and, uh, wow, it is good. It is really good, which um, I think has a lot of, uh, like, that is terrifying to me. Yeah. And politically, um, personally, like, wow, that can really cause a problem. So. But, but I think for, like, most 
scammers, they don't have access to that type of material. They don't really have the access to be able to create uh, deep fakes, I think, in the way that it would make sense for small scams. So I think that the proof of life video is totally a valid, like, do it. But if there's video connectivity problems and they stop the video, that should be a huge red flag that like, okay, that's nice, but this doesn't count. Right. Yeah, exactly. So who else has reached out to you? I mean, that that's amazing right there. I'm sure. Do you hear from people like every day or like once a week or how does this? It, it, really it varies. It, it varies. It goes, you know, from times where I'm getting a couple a day to maybe it'll go a couple of weeks without hearing it. But it's, uh -huh. it's a lot. Often it's. Usually it's like smaller scams. Hey, I, I tried to buy this thing online and I set my money and I never got the product. Can you help me find the person who, uh -huh. eh, yeah, we can try, but unlikely that you, without a court order, without getting a lawyer involved, you're really only going to not get very far. Uh -huh. um, I get a lot of people that like, uh, I, I think my ex has created this fake email account and they're harassing me or threatening me from these fake email accounts. I want to try to find out, is it really my, my ex? And again, uh, it, these days it's, it's getting more and more difficult to, to figure these things out. It used to be that when you sent an email to someone, your IP address, the, your internet connection at your home or on your phone was included in that message. Mm -hmm. um, and this is for good and bad reasons. Um, Google in particular, they no longer include that information in the email. Oh, for really? For, for privacy reasons, and uh -huh. rightly so. I don't want to be broadcasting where I am, what internet connection I'm using every time I send an email, and the recipient can see that. Uh -huh. That's so. Like, I can make a privacy argument of why it shouldn't be in there. Uh -huh. But on the flip side, for you know, proving who the person is, I kind of want it there. So I. It's, it's a challenge. I want it to be there for the sake of trying to find bad people, uh -huh. but for privacy purposes, I don't want people knowing my IP address. I don't want sure. them to, to DDoS me or dox me or, or use that against me. Wow. Now, have you ever been able to like solve any, any um, of these like cases that come in? Um, you know, I, unfortunately, I think the, the vast majority of them are not solvable without a lawyer. Uh -huh. And, you know, once you start talking to the person, if it's, if they're out, you know, four or $500, well, the cost of a lawyer is going to be thousands, thousands of dollars. Yeah. And, you know, a lot of these scams are run overseas. So now you need an overseas lawyer. Mm -hmm. It just, it just gets cascadingly more complicated. So the unfortunate thing is the vast majority of these things go unsolved unless there's a, a huge ring and the FBI uh, or some national Interpol agency gets involved. Uh -huh. Wow. Now has the FBI ever called you for help? Uh, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> well, and for good reason. It's, it's not like I have special access to information that they don't have access to. Mm -hmm. um, there's databases uh, that show, you know, locations for IP addresses. And so that might be accurate down to a neighborhood. So mm -hmm. if you visited my website, I might be, and I knew it was you because I got you to click on this particular link on my website that only you clicked on. I might be able to say, oh, well, you're in this neighborhood in, I'm going to make this up, in Idaho. Okay. But I don't, but I don't necessarily know your exact address based on that. Wow. Those, those IP address to location databases are, they're a little fuzzy. In some cases, they can be like dead on accurate. I've had people say, hey, I went onto your website and I'm totally freaked out because like it pinpointed down to my kitchen window. And then other people that are like, hey, it's like 
30 miles off. Can you make it more accurate for me? And I'm like, well, do you really want it to be more accurate? Right. Oh, wow. I never <laughs> thought about that. Like the pros and cons of the IP address. So um, I have so many questions going through my mind. So, uh, so with the, with the IP address, like you're saying it, I mean, it can be like really pinpointed or very, far away and so and you were on this early right yeah. of, of like so why are all what are some of the reasons that people would want like to to go to your site like to know their ip address like what's the what's the big attraction there well there, there's there's probably two big attractions one right now with so many people working from home they need to be able to access corporate resources mm -hmm. uh, and so sometimes the corporate firewalls they want to know uh, we want to know our employees' IP addresses because we just want to limit them uh -huh. of getting in on the network. Or, you know, we we want to know who your internet service provider is, so we just allow those in. We don't want to allow someone from Bangladesh or China mm -hmm. in trying to use your credentials. We only want you to come in. Uh -huh. So I think that's one of the reasons why so people can deal with their technology departments. <clears throat> and the other one is people are trying to – it's kind of almost the flip side – they're using what's called a virtual private network, a VPN yep. service, mm -hmm. because they want to remain more anonymous. They, they don't want people to know where they are. So maybe they're in California, and they want the internet to think they're in New York, so they route their internet traffic through a VPN service that has a, a point of presence in New York. And so they're coming to the website to confirm, okay, does, does, does what does my address.com think I'm somewhere that I'm not? Okay, that's what I want. Wow, so they want to lie. Yes, yes. <laughs> yeah, cause, well, cause... It, well, and it's not always necessarily lying for nefarious purposes. Uh -huh. A lot of times it's just uh, uh, subterfuge. I just, don't <laughs> want, I just don't want people to, to know that I'm in Southern California because I value my privacy. Uh -huh. Or it's I'm traveling overseas and I want to access my U.S. Netflix account, but Netflix doesn't allow access to U.S. content from outside the U.S. Mm -hmm. Well, now I need to use a server in the U.S. Well, yeah, I had to do that because I was on a TV in Australia and I couldn't see it. And so I, I, I could see it when I used my VPN and I set it for Australia. So, <laughs> so I mean, a lot of cases, that's, that's the, that is a very common use case. Like, mm -hmm. I just need to be able to access content that is restricted by country. Yeah, um, yeah. And it's, that's, there's nothing nefarious about that. You weren't, you know, doing something wrong that you had to lie to see your Australian content. It was just because you weren't there. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Now, um, can people spoof their IP addresses? You know, I, I, I think people use, the, use that phrase wrong. Okay. Um, you can spoof it in a sense by using a VPN. So people think you're using a different IP address. Uh -huh. your, your, your home internet connection, it still has that same IP address. You're not, you're not really spoofing it. Um, there is a way to uh, craft internet traffic that looks like it's coming from one location. Uh -huh. But in terms of like, if you want to go on the internet, well, you need the data to come back to your computer. If you visit a website and you're spoofing where your you know that IP address, the data is going to go back to somebody else's computer, not yours. Uh -huh. And so that's actually how denial of service attacks work: is they send a request to a website saying, you know, this is my IP address, and then the website sends the response back to the other machine. So you get thousands of requests from all over the internet telling to send a response back to one machine, and it takes it off the internet. Oh wow! So yeah, oh yeah, that's how you can like just data dump someone's. Mm -hmm. 
site and get, oh man, how do you keep all this straight? I mean, this is, I mean, honestly, you've been doing this for 20 years, but my head is just spinning a little bit. I'm like, oh my gosh. Like, I mean, is it just innate and like, you just get it or are you going to trainings? Like, or, or are you the industry leader in it? Like, tell me about that. Oh, I, I'm by no means the industry leader in that there's, you know, I'm, I'm not a hacker and, and a lot of people spend, you know, 18 hours a day living and breathing this stuff. I think part of it is I've been doing this for 20 years. Uh-huh. I'm a tech guy. I think, I think that way. Uh, and, you know, it's one of those things is if you're constantly reading about a subject, you're just aware of what's going on, just like you're aware of what's going on in your industry uh-huh. because you're living and breathing your industry. Yeah, you kind of know it. So... Um... What are you doing to protect yourself? Like, are you, can you divulge some of your own tips? Sure. Yeah. I mean, for me, you know, I I guess there's a little bit of difference of some things that I do to intentionally, I would tell people never answer phone calls, you know, that you, that you're not expecting. Uh, Mm -hmm. Like on my work line, I never answer phone calls that I'm not expecting. Uh, On my cell phone, I occasionally do because I'm curious of what the, (laughs) because I'm curious of what the scam is. Uh So occasionally I'll pick up and talk to the person and try to figure out what the scam is, just so I know what's going on. But in general, uh, I wouldn't pick up my phone otherwise, because it's just, I don't know, if you don't know who the caller is, it's a scam. <laughs> well, um, well, that's interesting, because see, I, I do a lot of keynotes, right? And so I feel like I work really hard to get people who I don't know to call me. Yeah, very different <laughs> <And> so- situation. <laughs> and again, so, I, mean, I mean, that's that's the tricky thing is like, the advice is not necessarily one size fits all. Mm-hmm. You know, if I tell my friend who, you know, hey, never take a never take a phone call from people that you don't know, who who doesn't have people they don't know calling them, then that's really good advice for you. Mm-hmm. That's bad advice because yeah. you're losing business and you're losing opportunity. That person may not even leave a voicemail. You know, who knows? Mm-hmm. Um, I think anytime money is involved, I always like I always double check everything. If mm-hmm. if I get an email saying that there was a fraudulent transaction on my credit card, I don't click on it, and I'm not going to click on it. I don't, you know. There's the I'm going to assume it's real, but not trust it. So assume that the information in the email is true, but not trust the fact that the email actually came from my bank. So okay, let me grab my credit card, call the number in the back of the credit card. Hey, I got an email saying that there's a fraudulent transaction. Did, was there a fraudulent transaction? It's either, you know, yes, there was. Okay, great. You know, or no, it wasn't. And okay, let me just delete the email. There's not yeah. a lot you can do just, about it. Just never trust. I think that's the big lesson here. And well, I had no idea how much IP addresses could be like, we're part of this whole thing. So um, are you suggesting people do VPN all the time or um, when you're tra- like, I do it when I'm traveling because I don't want to get on other people's uh, Wi-Fi. Um, that yeah, was, what, what's the rule? I, I, I would avoid some of the hype, uh, you know, from the from the VPN companies. They will tell you, "Oh gosh, you need to use a VPN twenty four hours a day, seven days a week." Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think they're overselling some of their security aspects a bit. But I think what you do is, is right, and that's what I do. Is that anytime I'm traveling and I'm on somebody else's Wi-Fi. Look, I don't trust, you know, my sushi place to know how to secure their Wi-Fi. I trust them to make good sushi. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't, you know, so if, so if I'm jumping on their Wi-Fi, it's, 
you know, look, I know that this is not their expertise. I'm going to make sure I use a VPN to make sure my traffic is secure mm-hmm. um, and make sure that my devices are secure. So when I definitely when I travel, I'm aware of these things. I try to avoid, you know, this is probably a little bit of the paranoia in me. I try to avoid accessing sensitive information when I'm traveling. I, oh, yeah. I, I don't ac- even if I'm on a VPN, you know, I don't know who's looking over my back or whatever. I don't do, I just, I don't I, do banking on the road. I have yeah. nothing. I have a separate computer I travel with, and it's just all it has is PowerPoint on it, basically. And, um, and I think for someone like do, doing what you do, that's exactly the right thing. If you're at conferences and presentations, like keeping that separate from your personal banking. For one, if you lose the laptop while you're traveling, you don't want to. Oh gosh, I got to change all my personal passwords now. Exactly. And, but it's you're just li- you're you're you've done the right thing in that you've risk mitigated. You've limited your losses if you lose that laptop. Yeah. Wow. So and, any, and I do the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, any other stories popping into your mind of people that have gotten in touch with you? You know, I I, I often see and hear of people. You know, they they got a phone call from someone claiming to be their utility company, and hey, you know, here's here's the the, the scam triangle, the. The, the technician is on his way out to your house right now. And I want to help you. I want to get this resolved so your power doesn't get shut off. Because if he flips the switch to turn off your power, there's this, there's this process we have to go to, to turn it back on. And that takes hours or days. Even if you pay the bill, you might be without power for a couple of days. And then all the food in your fridge is going to go bad. Yeah. And gosh, it's summer. The air conditioning is not going to work. I, Look, I don't want anything like that to happen to you. Let's let's just get the bill taken care of right now. And oh gosh, so you you triggered the emotion, you triggered the urgency, you've triggered the authority, uh, and then some of these like they they baffle me that they go down this weird route of like, well, in order to do to do it right now, we need you to pay in like Amazon gift cards. <laughs> yeah, that should be a red flag, but people uh, I mean, do it. I, I, I mean, that's I mean. That right there is a huge red flag. Anytime someone wants you to pay in an untraceable financial, you know, an untraceable method, that's uh, Western Union, gift cards. Bitcoin. uh, Yeah, uh, prepaid credit cards, cryptocurrency. Anytime Mm -hmm. someone is trying to get you to pay with something other than your credit card or your bank account, that should be a massive red flag. And I was I was talking with someone else who specializes in tech support scams, mm-hmm. and he said like these companies are these companies I call them these scam organizations are are getting, well they're they're run like professional call centers. They oh, yeah. they record their calls for quality assurance so that they can train their scammers to be better scammers. If you're not hitting your your revenue goals, you get put on a. a an improvement program. Really? And you get and you get fired if you don't like meet your goals. But they'd like teach people how to coach like the banks and Western Union and 7-Elevens have kind of gotten smart and they've trained their employees. Like if someone comes in and asks for a thousand dollars in gift cards, you need to ask them, hey, did, did someone tell you to come here to like, why are you buying so many gift cards? Uh-huh. So there's this process that a lot of these agencies go through to ask to try to prevent the fraud why are you doing this mm-hmm. and the scammers will coach the the victims on how to respond to those questions it'll be wow. you know oh no no I'm, I'm just getting a gift card for my niece or my nephew uh-huh. like to, to me that's like if someone's coaching you on how to to lie 
that should be a red flag. Yeah, I talked to this someone. This is crazy. I talked to someone who was she working at Western Union in a Walmart, and she turned. She had to turn people away a lot because of just what we're talking about. Like it's more than what you like. It is a lot that mm-hmm. this that this happens because people just get caught up in this oh. in the triangle, just like what you're saying. So I actually do have a good story about that. Um, I was going to send uh, some money to uh, my wife's, uh, a relative overseas okay. uh, that, that I know. I know this person. I've met them in person. And uh, I had international wire transfers can be a little tricky. Uh, mm-hmm. The place where I was banking didn't have the type of account to support international transfers. So I had set up another an account at another bank specifically for the purpose of being able to do international an mm. international wire and and that's what pr- jeffrey hazlett would tell you to do <laughs> yep well and then i also what i also did is like okay i'm going to get a get a, a a credit debit card from them as well and this is the card that we're going to use when we travel so that way if, if the card gets compromised you know we have it siloed it's in, entirely independent from the rest of our finances mm-hmm. this is kind of our our international banking account you know very prestigious there it is um and so we set up the wire transfer and, and fired it off, everything. Okay, this is all looks good. And the day later, I get a phone call from the bank. Mm-hmm. And the, the, the person from the bank, they give me the third degree. It's like, hey, we, we noticed that you just set up a bank account um, and you're wiring out, you know, you're wiring out a, a fairly large amount of money. Like, why are you doing that? Oh, it's, we're we're sending it. It's a it's a gift for a family member for whatever the reason was. Well, that doesn't sound good. And they're like, so have have you met this person in person? And I'm like, well, yeah, it's my, they're they're my in laws. Well, how do you know that like whoever sent you the bank account was actually the in laws? Do do you know for like have you did you get an email from them asking you to send the money or like how did how did this whole arrangement come out? And like in the back of my mind, I'm like going bank this is awesome like you're really trying to to protect me but like in the moment i'm like oh this is really annoying yeah yeah <laughs> but 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 it was really cool that they were really looking out for me as a consumer to make sure that i wasn't falling victim for a scam but she was she was really thorough she probably had 10 or 15 questions that she went through well, how do you know this person have you met him in person how, how how did how did you get the banking details from them how did you know, are you, are you really sure? And I'm like, yes, no, I, I, I know this person. I talked to them, you know, wow. <laughs> this, this was totally planned out. But so some banks are really doing their due diligence to help prevent this. But like your friend who works for Western Union, I'm sure it happens all the time. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Wow. Well, I tell you what, Chris, you have been just a gem to have on the show. So uh, your website is whatsmyipaddress.com. What is myipaddress.com? Yes. Yep. Yep. So you can go there. People can go there, find out your IP address and see uh, if you don't know where you are, then maybe uh, <laughs> you can help <laughs> help them get found. And then um, tell us just quick about your podcast, where people can find it. Yep, it's called the Easy Prey Podcast. You can find it at easypray.com and everywhere you listen to your favorite podcasts. And it's really designed to uh, bring awareness to all the different time, different ways that we're manipulated, that we're targeted, that we're scammed. So it's not just technology, it's a, a whole, ver- whole variety. 
Yeah, a lot of cool interviews there. So make sure yes. you find Chris on the Easy Prey podcast, where we get your podcast. Chris, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you for having me on, Tracy. Thanks for joining me. Make sure you subscribe to this podcast, rate and review it. I'll see you next time.